adapting how we tell the story. And, you know, in what I'm doing with podcasts and some of my other ambitions with Up Level Dairy or, you know, the ways that you approach digital marketing or product marketing, at the end of the day, we're all trying to tell a story of some sort and bring uh, bring an audience into that story. And so now the game is figuring out how we can just keep adapting and evolving to tell a story in the way that's going to be compelling and impactful. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Wisenatics podcast episode. I am Ricardo Vivian, your host and business development lead at Wisenatics, one of the main players when it comes to technical content production in the livestock business. Uh, a little bit on my background, I'm a vote battleist in graphic design in the world skills competition, the largest uh, skills competition in the world. Uh, I got my bachelor's on design and visual communication. And I've been, uh, for the past 10 years, I've been adventuring myself in different industries, working with communication, entertainment, branding, all around. And for the past one year and a half, I've been adventuring myself again in the livestock business. And it's been great adventure so far. Um, the Wise and Addicts podcast is a project that aims to create a platform for business and marketing leaders that are making things happen in the ag business industry well uh, a place a platform for them to share their ideas and visions about business about the world and also about themselves in this week's episode our guest is peggy coffin uh peggy is the owner and founder of up level dairy and host of the up level dairy podcast the up level dairy podcast is the podcast for dairy owners managers and their trusted advisors who are after their next level of success, performance, and resilience in the dairy farming business. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you for having me, Ricardo. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, so, uh, as usual, we start our conversation here with a brief introduction. So, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, Peggy. You bet. So I'm going to preface Ricardo by saying my bio is not nearly as impressive as yours. I have <laughs> zero gold medals in anything, <laughs> but I do have a gold cow trophy on my bookcase behind me uh, by, or somewhere <laughs> from uh, from dairy quiz bowl competition. Okay. So that's, that's the best I got for you, Ricardo. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just kind of a little bit about me. So uh, so I'm Peggy Coffin. I live near Green Bay, Wisconsin. Grew up here in Wisconsin in the dairy industry on a little farm milking 50, 50 cows in southern Wisconsin. Uh, learned how to take care of animals, drive tractor, bale hay, do all the things hands-on on the farm. Some I was better at than others, but I learned that when you work for your parents and you don't get paid, you could screw up a lot and you never get fired. Um, but I spent a lot of time with my hands getting dirty and my boots on the ground as a kid growing up on our little dairy farm. And I went on to pursue dairy as a career. And so I've spent the last 15 years um, mostly in the field of dairy industry communications. And so for the past nine years, I was editor at Progressive Dairy Magazine and recently went out on my own uh, to found Up Level Dairy a couple of years or a couple of months ago. And really, my um, purpose with Up Level Dairy was to 
was to meet a need that I saw in the dairy industry. And that's this, you know, over all these years of sitting down at the table with dairy farmers, owners, managers, producers, you know, oftentimes I go out to cover a new, a new story. Maybe there was a barn that was built or a dairy that was adopting technology and going through these stages of growth and change. Um, and one thing that kept coming up over and over again was that as dairies were growing in size and scale, that they were faced with challenges they hadn't faced before. And a lot of it comes back to learning how to manage people and not just manage cows. They're excellent cow managers. Now it's a transition to becoming people managers and then having to take a more uh, in-depth look at finances and business and even some of the marketing. And underneath that all, a need for leadership development and a desire among the most progressive producers in this industry to want to take themselves to their next level so that they can have sustainable and profitable dairy businesses going forward. And that is why I founded Up Level Dairy is to be that resource and to really help that audience get what they need in information and have the connections to the people that are already in the dairy community and some from outside of it to help us all up level ourselves together. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm sold. <laughs> that was a good pitch. I liked it. Uh, I, I have a few questions about this. I'm gonna save them for well, when we get like to the next section of our podcast here. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to see like how you got first your experience with a hands-on work in the farm. And yes, I did work with my parents also. <laughs> I understand the part where you can mess up things and still like you're not fired, <laughs> which is good. Like, yep, you can hit a few gates and back into a few fence posts, and uh, <laughs> and still, <laughs> still employed. Yeah, well, they usually don't pay very well, also in our defense. So, so you had this great uh, experience, life experience, when you where you started in the farm with your parents, as we were just discussing. Um, and then you moved uh, more to the communication side, uh, but still in the dairy world. Uh, so being through all of that, uh, what are the main experiences you had so far? Like the three main experiences you had so far in your life that you would like to highlight? And how, what did you learn from those experiences? Being personal or uh, professional, as you prefer. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. And so, it, you know, one of the things I'll go back to is what I had alluded to in that it was growing up on a dairy farm. And so when you grow up on a small farm, you know, with 50 cows, it's I think it's like a lot of other family businesses or small businesses that I see out in the world today. And there are the most beautiful blessings of growing up in that way of life. And there's also some lessons that you take away too. And, you know, for me growing up on that farm, um, I will always cherish the, um, you know, the time with my family working side by side. Uh, always cherish the time of just really working one-on-one -on -one with the cows and being close to the animals and also having just an appreciation for the beauty of the world and the environment. And that's what, you know, that's, that's dairy farming, right? It's, it's people, it's animals, and it is the, it's the environment around us. And I take that with me, you know, and that heart and that love and passion, um, every single day and what I do with Up Level Dairy. And, you know, and also my deepest desire is for other people to be able to experience that. And that goes back again to Up Level Dairy and my passion for helping people reach their next level because that's what it's going to take 
to stay in this business for the long haul. Um, so that dairy farm upbringing, it was a huge, huge thing, um, you know, for me. And then I would take that, you know, another step further. And one of the greatest experiences that I had as a kid growing up in the dairy community. Uh, so just so to give a little background, I'm from an area in southern Wisconsin. It's called it's so we have counties in Wisconsin, right? So Green County and Green County. It was this beautiful home of many, many farms, just like the one that I grew up on. And that meant that there was incredible farm families and other kids and parents that were in this community of support with 4-H and, um, and in, in particular, the Junior Holstein Association. And so when I was about 12, um, I got involved in a competition called Dairy Quiz Bowl. And I had referenced that a minute ago, too. And uh, that was such a powerful place uh, for me because I had like I found my spot where like if you loved learning and loved cows, you were the cool kid. Now, at school, that didn't make you the cool kid, but at Dairy Quizville practice, <laughs> that made you the cool kid. And so that opened up this door to just connecting with other kids that were like me, that loved cows and loved to learn and became a community, um, you know, within that, that group. I had an incredible coach and she just always created an environment of encouragement and learning. And we had some wonderful success as a team. And so I did that all through my youth. Um, and in fact, that just kind of gave me, for one, a foundation for dairy knowledge that I use every single day and used a lot when I was in the editorial world, because you're learning about science, you're learning about nutrition, you're learning about repro, you know, learning about all of these different aspects of dairy. Um, and so that was this incredible foundation that was laid. But, uh, you know, the bigger thing is that it also just created this network of people and, a, you know, a community around that. And so I actually um, still am involved in that right now. Um, I've been coaching Dairy Quiz Bowl, where I live right now, for about the last seven or eight years and uh, coached our older kids in Quiz Bowl and our little boys that are five and seven. Uh, my seven-year-old just started coming to Quiz Bowl practice this year. Um, so now I'm in the, in the position to to become not just coach, but mom, a, a dairy bowl mom. And like, I mean, if you've seen dance moms, like you haven't met a dairy bowl mom. And <laughs> so so that's a, that's one of the big things that um, was really a, a game changer for me and an impactful uh, experience was um, being part of that dairy quiz bowl competition. It's something I still do today. Um, and then as far as I think you asked for three, I gave you two really long answers. <laughs> and um, and if there was one other, you know, super impactful thing that I would that I would come back to, uh, I would say it was uh, it was the decision uh, about six months ago to go out on my own and to take the heart and passion that I have and the way that I just saw a need to serve the dairy community differently and to just get brave enough to just go do it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh First thing about the courage, I, I, I've never came to the moment where I would like adventure myself on like a journey, uh, uh, a business journey where I would like, hey, it's all on me. Let's make it happen. I can only believe, only imagine, like how challenging it can be and so satisfying at the same time when you get those goosebumps and say, "Am I really doing that?" <laughs> right? I, I, I. I got in other experiences, but not this one. But this is something I've been thinking about. Like, hey, you need to have a lot of courage. Like, uh, I, by the way, for people that are listening, you might have listened me uh, listened to me in other episodes uh, where I say 
sorry for my English. I live in South of Brazil, so that's not my uh, my, my mother language. So, but uh, when I think about this in Brazil, I, I'm, I'm always like, my God, you need to be so brave because my parents, they did this. Uh, and, you know, being an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur, I hate this word. You're doing great. You're doing great. Hey. Yeah, and my uh, my up north Wisconsin accent will balance out your Brazilian okay. one, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> Maybe we're we're related, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> but like trying those things in Brazil, it's like really challenging. So I really admire people that have the courage to you know go go ahead and do just challenge the world and say, hey, I'm I'm doing this. Well, it takes a support system, right? And I have an incredible husband that. You know that that stands uh, beside me and doing all these things. So. Yeah, it's it's all it's almost like a must. Yes, you, you need to have good people around you, right? And, yes. Uh, but w- one thing that uh, really caught my attention was like how you were uh, bringing the experience with the Quizbo, and I want to hear more about this and how it works. Uh, but how you bring people uh, around this experience, right? Because you have like uh, f- for me. And I, I probably said that in another episode also, like how most of the experiences, the best experiences I had in my life were, I don't know, much more about the people that were involved and the people that I met and the connections that I made uh, than than really the experience itself, like the thing, you know, uh, being able to share those moments, not only with, uh, you know, your loved one, beloved ones, but also with the new people you meet. People that have the same interests interests as you have, uh, this this is really exciting. And what makes things more ex- special for me, at least. So it's nice yeah. to see how you bring this perspective about the people that you met in this in this journey and how you're part of this community now. Cool. Yeah, that's great, uh, Peggy. And uh, so right now you're owner of a level, an entrepreneur, and you are host of your own podcast. I just, am. Just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say this is exciting. It's been exciting for me too. Uh, and how how do you think your parents, so in your early days, you were working with your parents hands-on. How would your parents describe it, what you did today? Like, how, how, oh, do, how do they say, how do they see, a po- what do they think a podcast is? Well, so uh, my parents are about uh, 70 six years 76 years old now and uh the word podcast is a little little fuzzy uh but they did tell me that they figured out how to watch my program the other day so (laughs) so uh they figured out how to uh how to go to youtube and and watch it so i they kind of see it as like uh like being a talk show host it's kind of how they would describe what i do perfect almost like a radio well you have the video also so they're probably watching you on YouTube or on video. Yes. Okay, yes. that's good. so. It's not that they're not they're not getting confused with like is it like a radio or like, okay at least they see a, yeah. a, a any image. No, it's good. Yeah, I had this trouble. I, I'm uh, I'm uh, by, by 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 like my graduation and my studies were in graphic design, and my my mother. I always remember. Well, she speaks Portuguese, of course, but. Ooh, when when people asked her what did I do, like what do I do, she used to say, 
she does designer, like she does designer. And I was like, no, no, I am a designer. <laughs> I have worked with design. <laughs> so that, that's why I always like to bring this question. Uh, and this question actually has a purpose because it's when we transition to, you know, uh, a conversation more about marketing, about communication, business, and all that is involved in this world. And I would love to hear from you, Peggy. You've been working in the communication uh, world within the the dairy industry. How can you tell us a little bit about how has been this experience? What have been your challenges? And yeah, and so on. Yeah, sure. So you know, being in dairy communications for about fifteen years or so, I go back to it when I would have been a, a student at UW Madison, University of Wisconsin Madison. Um, at that time, they still had a major called agriculture journalism. And uh, if you were an egg journalism major, you were studying things like broadcast radio and uh, web design was kind of a newer field. Um, you know, some technical writing, PR writing, uh, those are the type of things that, you know, that we were learning about in school. What we weren't learning about was social media because Facebook, uh, oh my, I feel so old saying this, Facebook was just hadn't quite been invented yet <laughs> or was just in its early very early years and was not a professional platform for anything at that point when it was just first coming out and so you know some of the biggest changes i think in our industry in the communications field certainly revolve around the digital space right and so having a, a background in the print industry um, you know, with working with a magazine and prior to that, also working with a state newspaper, uh, you know, those are fields where we've seen so much transition and ultimately consolidation of large media conglomerates. Uh, and then, you know, essentially what used to be, you know, kind of your small town or even statewide, you know, type of publications that are more like an aggregate of, um, you know, like, of broader regional news now versus something that's really catered to the local community or to that, that local niche. Um, so I think those are some of the biggest changes we've seen is just this landscape of moving from a print world to a digital space. And, uh, you know, we can, you can say one thing, there's good and bad about both sides. Um, either way, it's change and it opens up opportunity to continuously learn and figure out how to take your core skill set and just tweak and adapt it in new ways. Perfect. My background is in the in the printing design also, so it was ah, all, yes. all about packaging and editorial design and uh, <laughs> I don't know visual identity and all of that. And it's strange because at the same time we have uh, you can adapt most of your uh, most of your skills, like in design. Of course, you can apply most of it to know in uh, for printing design. You can adapt for digital design, it's this kind of things. But it's funny how, for me at least, it was uh, how because of my background in printing, I in the beginning, I I used to think about the digital piece, just just in, just a difference of how it's being uh, reproduced, right? Like how it's being shared. But the point is, there was so much more possibility in the digital than I had on printing that was like basically uh, imagining tactic designs on the print on the digital and everything and i was like at some point i was why am i doing this like there's so much possibilities i could try like the uh, and because of that i i had to experiment many other things like video editing 3d modeling and all of that because you know it's uh 
I had the mindset of a print a print design where people will things will not move in your page. Right. And then suddenly you can you have so many tools that you can use to tell a story or anything. Yeah. And you just need like to adapt your way of thinking and delivering the message. It's crazy. Yeah. And Ricardo, you just said something really powerful. And what I heard you just say was, um, you know, adapting how we tell the story. And, you know, in what I'm doing with podcasts and some of my other ambitions with Up Level Dairy or, you know, the ways that you approach digital marketing or product marketing, at the end of the day, we're all trying to tell a story of some sort and bring uh, bring an audience into that story. And so now the game is figuring out how we can just keep adapting and evolving to tell a story in the way that's going to be compelling and impactful, right? Perfect, perfect. And how how has it been for you to to do this in a podcast format? Because yeah. this is like, although people, uh, some people say this, like, uh, I wouldn't say a podcast right now. It's an innovation, but it's definitely for the egg business. It's more innovative than for other industries, and still. Even if you don't consider innovation, I, I I see we are all the time seeing trends, and this in, industry is, is like growing crazily, like uh, year after year, the numbers just go higher and higher because people, although it's not something exactly new, people are starting to uh, to really listen to podcasts and uh, make them part of their everyday uh, routine. So h- how do you work with that? How how it's been for you to deal with that? Yeah, you know, I think one of the beauties of podcasts is the portability of information and the way that through listening, we're in video, like with my podcasts, where we have the YouTube version and the audio platform versions, you're able to appeal to a couple different learning styles and ways of consuming content. Uh, now, you know, kind of going back to my print background, when it, you're in that print space, you know, you appeal to an audience that um, is either, you know, accustomed to having something in their hand that they could physically read. Uh, they're either accustomed to that or they just, you know, they have some enjoyment of that. Uh, but what we're able to do now is take that same type of content and put it in these different formats and make it accessible, portable, and convenient. And for those that like just being able to, to listen and are audio learners, they now have the ability to plug right in to audio. For those that still like the visual format, well, now we can plug into audio and video at the same time. And so it, when I look at the space of podcasting, um, especially when there's a video component combined with it, and you can still meet the needs of that audience that likes that that text and that word, the word and the verbiage by, you know, like what I do with my podcast is I always have a blog that I write that goes along with it that somehow is a complement to the content. And so there's still that way to pull in that writing component that's for the audience that likes to read. But now we have, you know, this kind of complete package that appeals to all different learning styles. And I think that's a super powerful way to be able to reach our audience, especially in the agriculture community, where, you know, people have barriers. It's one of that barrier is having enough time to sit down and read something. Uh, instead, they could pop something in their ear and listen on the go. You know, it's the it's the barriers of, um, you know, access to information, maybe. So now with the podcasting world, you have so much at your fingertips. I mean, I think it's the it's to the benefit of our agriculture audience to have 
these formats that are available for their learning, entertainment, information gathering. Perfect. Yeah, uh, you touched a very important point. Uh, like, how does a like a podcast uh, is a media format w that is able to bring information to people? You know, make the make the information accessible in a way that no other media can. Like, you're not reading a newspaper or anything while you're driving. <laughs> At least you should. Right. If you're doing that, uh, we really advise you to stop doing it because it's kind of dangerous. But uh, <laughs> my point is, like, if you're, I don't know, running, doing some exercises, uh, yeah. washing your dishes, cooking. For me, a, a podcast is all, all, almost like a synonym, synonym uh, for time optimization because, like, yeah. you know, you're you're doing other stuff uh, that doesn't require that don't require a lot of uh, focus. So you're doing something more, you know, hands-on mechanic, and then you're listening and learning. So it, this is, a, I just think it's beautiful, uh, uh, something beautiful about about podcasts. And another thing, when I think about, okay, a little bit of a sales pitch here, <laughs> but when I when I look to the podcast that we are producing uh, in uh, at Wise and Addicts, like we're we're inviting the top professionals of these industries, like I don't know, dairy industry, swine industry beef industry, poultry industry. And those, if you start to think like you can, you can listen to what those guys think and how do they see the industry, how they work, like all their ideas. And this is something that was not very accessible uh, some time ago. Like uh, the, the way that podcast is coming and uh, not only podcast, but like video, uh, video cast, if you, if you will, uh, or videos on YouTube, like these new platforms, uh, they are, uh, making information and knowledge much not only accessible but democratic uh, you would yeah. have to to rely on a broadcast channel before to get some important people and even though like they would you know it's a different type of people they would invite not they would not invite many people to talk about technical things on the dairy side probably and right now you can listen to them the ideas of the you know the people that make the industry and how do they do? So this is just beautiful for me. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, Ricardo, 100%. Cool. Um, and now thinking about uh, communication. So you've been uh, to the branding industry. Now you are more on the digital working with podcasts. Uh, do you have anything like any tool or any tactics, communication, marketing tactics, something like some foundation concept or two that you bring with you since your early days when it comes to communication, like this is a priority or something you will see uh, in every work that Peggy does or, you know, some yeah. tool that is your, your must. <laughs> uh, so uh, this might sound a, a little, uh, a little out there, but honestly, the, the biggest tool that I bring with me in everything that I do and I'm so, you know, blessed to have the freedom to, to use uh, with being on my, on my own is intuition. And when I say intuition, uh, it means that when I'm producing a podcast, when I'm lining up my guests, when I'm thinking about the topics, um, I'm, I'm spending time just really deeply thinking, what does my target audience, what do they want? What do they need? What's the message that will not just help them improve some tasks that they're doing, 
But what's the bigger, what's the bigger impact that what I can share can have on this audience? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I've been speaking in our dairy community, we have access to so much information on how to get more milk out of cows, on how to, you know, how to optimize animal health. We have a lot of that information out there. And, you know, one of my goals when I have a guest on our podcast is to not just talk about the how-tos, but to bring into the conversation the who they are, who they are as a person, to exemplify their values and what they bring to the table that's above and beyond the service that they provide. And, you know, that's what I say when I talk about tapping into my own intuition. It's really taking the time to think about, you know, what is it, what is it the audience can benefit from? And then also, what's the way that I can take this guest who's given me the privilege of their time and their talent and their voice and to use that to, to, to steward that gift to my greatest ability? What's the story I can share about this person and who they are and not just what they do, but why they do it that will leave the listener of that podcast, not just informed, but also inspired? Good, good. Uh, one, one, part, one thing that I like that you, you touched here was like showing to the audience also, not only like the how-tos and all of that, but who the person is. This is something also I find beautiful about podcasts is that we are able to create conversations. Of course, you, you might have podcasts in all different formats. You can be have something more serious. You can have something more, you know, focused on research or I don't know, tutorials, anything. But it also gives you the possibility to bring people closer and you feel like when you listen to people in a conversation, it's uh, it's different. It's not a uh, something that is a hundred percent professional, or where every word is planned, and you know, it's more natural. It's 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 just good to to listen to people talking and having uh, sharing their ideas, right? Yeah, it's real. Perfect. It's real, and I think at the end of the day, who doesn't want a little more authenticity, right? Yeah, and and that that's where like if we look to brands, and oh, I'm thinking a little bit outside of the 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 agricultural industry at least that's not a great example in this industry right now in my opinion but when you think more about brands that are in touch with their customers directly like the final customers and everything you see their the way they're positioning uh on social media and everything their tone of voice how they're uh addressing their messages to their their consumers and every time more, every day you see them talking like if the brand was a person, you're transforming the brand in a person because it's much, much easier and much more natural and real if you connect with them like that instead of being like, oh, talking as a, well, as an entity or something like that people cannot relate to. So it's, yes, it's, yes. I really enjoy this way of communication. And you know, I think, uh, in, and I'll just use, you know, my case as, as an example here when you talk about branding. So, you know, when you're independent, you are establishing your personal brand. And so up-level dairy for me was something that was, you know, a, a concept and a, you know, like a little seed that was planted in my heart, my mind long, long ago. 
and just, you know, kind of just kept nurturing itself over and over again. Um, but, you know, I bring this up because that word up level to me, it was not just what uh, I saw as something I could provide to others, but it makes me hold myself to the higher standard of being the brand, right? And if my brand is up level dairy, that means every day I'm waking up and I'm saying, what am I doing to up level today? What am I doing to up level myself? Because, you know, you talk about a brand having its own, you know, kind of face and voice that speaks to its audience. Well, when you are your own brand, like that's even more important. Yeah. And <laughs> you need to stay true to yourself, true to, to yourself. And at the same time, uh, bring the message to the audience uh, and give, uh, you know, have the image that, uh, yeah, you just how you, you want uh, people and consumers and audiences to see you and still like not being fake, right? Because you need to be yourself. If you're fake at some point, uh, your mask will fall and uh, people will see the reality. So it, it's a challenge. Uh, uh, so just one thing here or the audience, if you're, seeing us on youtube then it's easier uh if you're interested in brands and how they communicate i'll just do some bub <laughs> bub here this guy here martin newmeyer uh he talks a lot of brands i have a few books from him and you can see all the all the all of the books they they look the same <laughs> the cover the brand the brand gap uh flip uh zag those books they talk about like how brands are changing and how they are every time more not just that but how they are uh bringing to their image the this this perspective of a person right and how they are creating the relations to their 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 consumers uh as people or as a person so uh i i usually ask a few recommendations of books to our uh, audience here so that's my recommendation today sorry just because we touched this point but martin Mayer. If you want to have a look on, on them and learn more about branding, this is this is a very uh, not new but you know current. Uh, I forgot the word in English, guys. Sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, and Peggy, uh, besides the podcast, what what are, what else are you guys doing in that level? Which kind of not only service, but uh, what are the main objectives? Besides, of course, the, the objective is bringing those professionals, those people that are in the dairy industry to the next level of success and uh, fulfillment, uh, if you will. But uh, how do you help them uh, accomplishing that and going to this? Yeah. And so the podcast is, I would call kind of my, my, my tier one of up-level dairy. So this is, the, uh, this is the service that I'm providing to our dairy community uh, right, right now that provides information, inspiration, engagement, brings those voices for that higher level thinking. Uh, but ultimately, there are a couple other tiers that I uh, plan to build out. And so I won't give away all of my, all of my goodies quite yet. But, uh, but you know, some of it really, it really revolves around utilizing the digital space more for providing information, connection and accountability for those that want to up-level themselves, right? And maybe there's specific areas they want to learn more about um, that are more tactical, but maybe it's just that personal development, uh, even personal branding. 
right? And and those are some of the areas that I look to expand with Up Level Dairy and what I will be able to offer um, through Up Level Dairy. Um, I also, on the side, do a little bit of marketing consulting for a few clients and branding consulting as well. So. Nice, nice. So uh, you're using the digital space uh, and platforms to, you know, raise these people's profiles, bring their stories, uh, you know, uh, help this community in multiple ways. And uh, how do you see, thinking about the dairy world now, how do you, th how do you see uh, people uh, using those tools and how do they receive those tools? Because when I started working in the livestock business, Uh, I had a little bit of the of an image of like, hey, I don't really know if these guys. Of course, everyone now has a phone. Everyone connects to the internet. That's no, not a new thing. But at the same time, there is this uh, taboo that oh, people will not. They are more on the field. They they live this life with hands on. You know, with the, as you mentioned in the beginning, uh, in the whole specific environment with the animals and uh, this thing that is. I would say more real than uh, lots of what we do today, where everything is not that it is not real, but it's digital and uh, not tangible. They live a more tangible life, I would say. Mm -hmm. How do you see them receiving and using those those platforms and uh, tools, digital tools today? Do you think it's a taboo or no? Like they are hundred percent in, and how how do you see this in your position today? Yeah, so that's a good question. There's a, a couple of things that come to mind as you ask this question, Ricardo. And one of them that comes up right away is I think when we look at particularly our younger audience of anyone in dairy production or management or industry, I mean, look at look at those that would have been in college in the last couple of years and that are out into the work world. What happened to them in the last few years? If they were in college, they have probably converted to online classes. And so we have this generation in the workforce right now, this younger generation, that is already adapted to learning digitally. And so I see that being something that will become part, will help make digital education even more acceptable and utilized in the agriculture community is when we look at this audience of younger people coming into the industry that that had to do it. And now, you know, that's sometimes for some, that's their preferred way of learning is is online. Uh, the other aspect that I would bring into this conversation, Ricardo, is that uh, if you provide what people need and have enough value attached to it, they'll they'll find a way to, to want to receive it if you make it in such a way that it's easy to access. And so what I mean by that is, you know, like there's some areas where, like I said, you know, maybe it's the person, it's some personal growth, maybe it's employee management, you know, maybe there's these areas where there is a need for further development and education of those people that are in the category of growth mindset, right? Like it's not for everybody. Ed education, you know, further education is not for everybody, but for the people that want it. If you can hone in on what they need, create a huge amount of value for providing the answer to help them solve the problem and package it in a way that's accessible and convenient, then I believe that's a home run. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
uh, I've been changing the way I, I see things. And honestly, right now, and uh, sorry, <laughs> jumping subjects here. Uh, I was at yeah, uh, the Pork Expo and, uh, in Iowa this year, and uh, I met the guys from This Will Do Farm. Uh, they have like a podcast. Um, and it's funny because I, I thought, okay, maybe are people really uh, that are out there, are they really using, you know, the the social media channels in a way that we use the same ones, consuming the content? And uh, one of the, uh, this podcast is hosted by a father and a son, Sawyer, and I forgot the name of the, uh, of the father. And uh, he was just telling us that lots of the people that are following us, uh, following them, sometimes they, they don't even like to, to make it, uh, in a, how can I say, like the people that are following the audience, they're following them on even TikTok. Like this is something quite new for me. Like I don't, I don't use TikTok today. And they were like, "Hey, yeah, there's a lot of people following us. That people that are living the 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 road, their routines on their farms, and they are consuming a lot of content through TikTok, a platform that some people would say, "Hey, it's too new. It's a you know, it's a trend. No, it's happening, and people are using a lot." And uh, people would say, like, quite discreet, uh, in a secret way. It's not exactly secret, but, hey, you know, I follow you on TikTok. Like, they don't want people to know that they're using TikTok. <laughs> but it's it's a part, like, it's everywhere now. And uh, But but it's good. It's good to see, because as you mentioned, uh, people that want education, uh, they're after education and content and knowledge and information. It's accessible now, and uh, it's democratic. People can finally have it. You don't. You, you're not a privileged. You don't need to be a privileged to to have access to all these new things. And I think it's gonna. This is gonna play an important role in the change of like how we how even we see like um um the differences, uh, economic differences between people and poor people and rich people because. Information is a is a uh, is the key for this change, and now it's democratic. Now everyone can have access. Almost everyone, like if you have internet and uh, the will to go after it, you can you can do a lot. You can go on YouTube. You can like learn about thousands of different things. So it's it's another beautiful thing about the digital for me. Um, Peggy, uh, so love <laughs> that was a low. <laughs> A long loop I did to talk about like That's how people stuff. are using uh, TikTok. <laughs> uh, now thinking about uh, more your routine, your work routine, uh, not only with the podcast, but everything you do with the marketing consultancy uh, and all of that. Do you have any tips for people that you think are useful when it comes to productivity, like things you like to do? Uh, Sure, I can show you what I do every day. Uh, so I have a I have this little paper that is, sits on my desk, and every morning, part of my routine is filling this out. So this is a a little of this is borrowed from some Brendan Burchard high performance habits, um, and some of it was ad adapted to fit my personal needs. But um, this is like what I kind of use for my day planner um, is just you know writing this out every single day. 
and uh, and I'll walk you through what I write out. So the first question uh, at the top of my list I ask myself is, how do I want to show up today? And I've got three bullet points. Um, so how do I want to show up and what's the energy I want to bring into what I'm doing today? And so it, like that's just kind of how I set my mind up for the day to be like, okay, I want to be, you know, really focused today or, you know, maybe I will need to practice some patience today or my turn my listening ears on a little bit higher as I would tell my children. <laughs> Sometimes moms have to do that too. Um, and then, and then, so this, this has been a game changer for me. So I used to just have like this crazy to-do list with like 20 things on it, never get them all done. Right. And it like was daunting and almost like oh, overwhelming. So the second question I have on my list is this, it says, what does this, what does success look like when I lay down to go to bed tonight? And by reframing like how I prioritize my day based on that question, um, it just, I don't know, it's been a, it's been a shifter for me. So like, you know, what does success look like? And oftentimes like what I'm writing there is something that involves, you know, taking care of my health, um, you know, getting in that good workout or just making sure that, you know, I'm on point with my nutrition. Uh, that's like taking care of my body, right? So with my body and my mind. Um, and, uh, maybe it's, you know, like that I made a healthy dinner and sat down with my, with my family. We all ate together. So like, I know that doesn't sound like productivity, but you know what? At the end of the day, to me, that's part of success is being able to say that I didn't just get my work done, but I got to, you know, I did the things I needed to do to be the person I want to be for the people I, uh, that are in my care too. Um, and then also, you know, maybe some big tasks or whatever, uh, you know, for work-wise that I really want to move forward. And then another thing I added to my list is, who will I encourage today? Um, and that's who am I going to send a little note to? Uh, I used to do, I used to be a lot better at that. And I realized that, you know, when I do it for other people, it's actually a gift to myself sometimes, selfishly, that I feel better when I take that one moment to send a text to a friend or write out a little card or something. Um, so those are the things that that's how I start my day is by asking myself those questions and then um, and then outline my big three priorities for the day. Uh, people I need to reach out to and do that first thing in the morning and then um, kind of bullet point a few other tasks. And then I just kind of write out my schedule for the day of anything that's um, and that I'm trying to time block. And I, you know, and then I have my my done time at the end of the day, which is when my little guy gets off the bus and uh, I want to make sure that. Um, this is the hardest part, honestly, is, uh, is being able to like start to kind of shut down the work day so that I can be mom. And when you work from home and everything's in the same space, that can be really hard. Um, but it's also my driver and my push to say, I need to be that much more efficient with my time during the work day, uh, so that I can be who I want to be for my family at the end of the day. That's important. And, uh, I, I can read it. Well, I don't have, uh, like a, a any son or daughter yet, uh, but I can you see how... You have a how... dog, though. No. Oh, yeah, I do have, yeah, like a, a dog daughter. <laughs> no, my, my God. My mother would kill me if she did <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen to podcasts, yeah, huh? Yeah, no, she doesn't understand English, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> we won't tell her. So, no, she says uh, I shouldn't call uh, a dog like a son or a daughter because they are totally different, and I can believe <laughs> Oh, so it's not her grand dog, huh? She hasn't called her grand dog. Yeah, but but I I gave her a dog also, and she, I think she's changing her mind because right now, like she's, yeah, most of, like every time I talk to her, like fifty percent of the time we're talking about like how 
she was playing with the dog or something that the dog did. So <laughs> she's getting really attached. Attached. Uh, no, but uh, it's it's really nice to see this. Uh, it's not only a to do list, but something much more directed to behavior and like how you want to show up to the world and to yourself also like how you and and that's when you when you were explaining that i was just remembering you know how you named your own brand like up level that's a great reminder and for me this this plan you have this a uh, daily plan it's also it's it's really important because most of times we need to be reminded of the most obvious things yeah right in yeah. a day like your health okay that's a priority if you're not well with your if you're not feeling well it's really hard for you to perform like i had covid yeah. last week and i can feel like how i, I didn't exercise last week it would wouldn't be a good idea especially because i did some exercise with other people uh but like how after a week of feeling sick how your body doesn't your mind doesn't work as 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 it should and yes, I need yes. to remind myself I have this bottle of water and I need to drink water. I need to do my exercise and I need to spend a good time with my family right now, which is my girlfriend. We live together and uh, like how, how those things are important. Then balance, balance is the word for me. You you shouldn't uh, put everything on your work and okay, like I, I need success. Uh, success is my objective. And what is is success, right? Like, I mean, and I think that's, that's the thing that, so just to preface this whole list that I just showed you my daily, my day, my day planner, basically, um, like it is the result of screwing up a lot of things first, right? Like it's the result of hitting the burnout wall. It's the result of doing some really destructive things to my health um, because I didn't take care of myself and, you know, at the level that I should have. Uh, with rest and, you know, and, and, and just taking care of my body, you know, and my mind, like, like this is, this is the way it is because this is what I need for me. Uh, because I've hit the burnout wall multiple times, right? Like <laughs> it's because I've hit those points of being like, Hey, I'm not present with my, with my kiddos or with my husband and, and say, you know what? Like I, this is what I want. This is part of what success looks like for me is not just you know, putting, I will naturally by nature put a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent into how I want to impact people and make people feel and how I want to change the world. But what's that worth if I kill myself trying to do it? And if everyone I live with hates me, like that's not success. So that's where, <laughs> that's where the list comes from. <laughs> it's, it's good to see that, uh, well, we are humans, and uh, although we fail, you also learn. So it's good to see that you you did learn with your previous uh, experiences, and now you you can take the time to to yourself. Nice, good. I'm trying to do this from now. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> hit the burn burnout uh, burnout wall yet. I I think I I got close to that, but <laughs> uh, I haven't hit that yet. So it's good. Trying to keep my health my health in uh, first place also. Uh, so, uh, Peggy, we are coming to the end here. Uh, so for us to wrap up here, I'd like to ask, like, if you have any books you would like to recommend to our, uh, to our audience, you were just talking about this brochure. Yeah. So high, high performance habits was a really impactful 
impactful. Yep, that was a really impactful book for me. In fact, uh, there is a passage in the book that um, just speaks to my heart so strongly. And the last line of it says this, your next level of performance is in your next level of truth. And that is such a driver, again, behind up-level dairy, right? Like that next level of performance, I think so many times, you know, we're seeking something, right? Again, like what's your definition of success, you know? like, And so we're like, how can we perform better? How can we achieve more? How can we do more? How can we, you know, do the thing that that we're driven to do? And um, And it says your next level of performance is in your next level of truth. And that truth piece is getting honest with ourselves about what it takes to reach that next level of, of success and how, you know, based on how we define success. And so that book, um, you know, has been a, a big impact, you know, for me in the way that I'm trying to, you know, make some, make some changes to, to just, you know, be, be true to be true to the up level. Right. Um, and so that one, and then uh, the other, the other recommendation I have for anybody that is in, any sort of marketing or building out their own brand. I love Donald Miller and uh, especially his podcast, Business Made Simple and Marketing Made Simple um, and the story brand, the story brand concept. And when I started, I actually have another business. And when I started that business a couple of years ago, uh, I had gotten turned on to Donald Miller and just really, really soaked in his story brand style um, for story brand marketing. And so that would be another resource that I love and I believe can really be a game changer for a lot of people in the marketing and in agriculture community too. Nice, nice. Perfect. Uh, Peggy, I just remembered <laughs> before we wrap up, I want to learn more about the quiz bowl. <laughs> How was that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we were uh, we are at the end here, but if you can tell what tell us more about how it is, how is this community uh, of people oh, and friends gosh. that you you're part of? Yeah, and, yeah. And so, if you have the cow, the golden cow, I'd love to see that. Oh man, I think I might have moved. Where didn't I put them? I might have taken them. I think when I uh, rearranged my office. I'll we'll accept that photo later. No problem. Gosh <laughs> darn it! I moved my little my little gold cows. Shoot. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so Dairy Quiz Bowl. It's uh, it's it's like a little contest with buzzers, and we get the kids involved. Um, we have a group of about twenty kids uh, in our county here, and then we compete at state competitions. And actually, last year uh, or this past year. Uh, one of my personal goals was to take a team to the national competition. And so I had these, like, I have these, these rock star kids in our county here um, that are involved in dairy and love cows. And so four of them last year uh, were qualified to go to nationals. So we went and competed at nationals and they did phenomenal. I was so proud of them. Um, but, you know, it's all dairy related questions. And so do you know, you know a few things about cows or do you know more things about pigs? Uh, a little bit more about pigs, but I'm learning about cows. I'd love, I'd love to learn more. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'll ask you a couple of questions. We'll see if you can answer. Uh, okay. So, like, one of the big, I'll give you the what we call the rookie question. So, this is what I'm starting out my seven-year-old learning. How many stomach compartments does cow have, Ricardo? Uh, ruminants. Ruminants are not monogastric, so I know they have more than one. Uh, you do. Have a many. Multiple. Uh, uh, four. <laughs> 
Four. Yes, you're right. Four. So yeah. if, you were, if you were competing and you said four, you just got yourself 15 points. Okay, no, good. No, if you would have gotten that wrong, you would have lost 10 points for your team. And then they, yeah, and then they all would have kicked you under the table. Uh, nice. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see, what else? So, so yeah, that's kind of one of the basic questions. Um, and then, and then we get into questions about, you know, repro and genetics and, you know, like what's the gestation period of a dairy cow? You know that one? No, no. Gestation. 280 days. So my, these kids, I tell you, they are, they like are drilled and they could say these things in their sleep. Like they are incredible. So that's nice. But yeah, so, so that's, uh, so that's what that is all about is, uh, it's just creating this environment for kids to be able to learn. And, um, and we have a, a group of other adults here in our area too that I'll pitch in and, um, and really just help in facilitating that. And so a couple of weeks ago, we did a project where, uh, they brought in some cow reproductive tracks and the kids got to put gloves on and practice doing artificial insemination and look at, you know, corpus luteums and look for, you know, like identify the uterus and the follicles and, and all that fun stuff. And like, it's the, these are the things that in my mind are going to take these kids to their own next level. Yeah. And it's, it's nice, like how you can create passion and, uh, you know, make them uh, love the the world and the community where they are uh, raised and uh, born and raised. So this is, I th I think it's just something very important, you know. And yeah, it makes us uh, give the value, uh, uh, to give value to our roots and you know the place where we came from. So this is something uh, that's a really nice initiative. But congratulations to you guys on that. Ah, uh, well, it's it's all them. It's all them. <laughs> that's nice. Okay, uh, Peggy, for us to wrap uh, wrap up here, uh, those little guys didn't come here, so <laughs> well, can you let us know uh, where people, the audience here, can find you online? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they can, if you want to check out the Uplevel Dairy podcast, uh, the best place is to go to uplevelldairy.com, and at the bottom of that page to just Type in your email address so you can get updates from when you release new podcasts as well as the accompanying blogs. And then you can also head over to Up Level Dairy YouTube channel so that you can get both that audio and visual version of the Up Level Dairy podcast. And then also you can find Up Level Dairy on Apple, um, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon, Google, Spotify, and the major listening platforms. That's great. Uh, well, thank you a lot for your time. Thank you a lot for coming, uh, Peggy. That was a really good conversation. Uh, I love that we did something a little bit more free than we usually go with the questions. I think I will adapt to this format now. Uh, I really enjoyed. And yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you a lot. And thanks for everyone that uh, is with us until now, listening to this great conversation. Uh, and see you all in the next episode. Thanks, Ricardo.